You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here along with Charlie and, and we have a special, special guest. Yeah. Look at us, we're in unison today. <laughs> it's truly Groundhog Day when, yeah. we're, when we're saying the same things. Welcome, Terry Kennedy. Nice to be here. Again. Again, yes. Terry is an orchid specialist. Is that right, the right thing to say? Yes. Orchid expert? Orchidist? O- orchidist? Orchidophile? Orchidophile. Oh, I, I like, like that. that one. That's good. Orchidophile. Good. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we have an orchidophile in, in the studio with us. So bring on the orchid questions because uh, Terry's raring to go. She's got lots to share, lots of great information. I have learned lots about orchids from Terry, so we can all learn. So bring on those questions. She's happy to, happy to talk. And, of course, why are you here? To promote the show that's coming up next weekend at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Uh, it's the annual Valentine's show uh, that put on by the Southern Ontario Orchid Society, where you, and its theme this year is Obsession. Oh, I didn't know that. Obsession. Well, it's on, it's, it's on, well. I didn't read that much, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is great because, uh, you know, the orchids are an obsession for all of us who are going to be showing. But So we're going to knock it up a notch, I guess. Do a favor for me, if you would. Uh, say hi to my friends Peter and Inga Poot. Oh, Peter and Inga Poot will also have a display. Yep. They, they're still going strong. They it's, do every year. Yes. And yeah. they live where? They're the well, they, they used to live uh, out in Goodwood. the Goodwood area. Oh, Goodwood. They're, oh. they're still in Goodwood. They're still out there. Okay. They're still there. That's how you know them. Yeah, they, you lived. Next door neighbors. Yeah. Next yes. door neighbors. There you go. Okay, this over 30,000 exotic orchids on display and for sale next weekend. That's right. TBG, Toronto Botanical Gardens, both Saturday and Sunday between 11 and 5. So get that on your calendar. And I think we might be able to do some give, a giveaway of some tickets. Uh, we just oh. have to come up with a hard question. Alrighty, okay. <laughs> Alright, so let me just do a couple of quick announcements. Sure. <clears throat> Things are happening. We're, you know, in the swing of the Hort Society uh, activities. So Richmond Hill Horticultural Society, or actually I guess it's Garden and Horticultural Society, will be meeting on February 5th, this upcoming week. Mark Peck is the speaker, and he's going to be speaking on birds in your winter garden. So for the birdophiles out there, he's going to be <laughs> giving people <laughs> uh, tips on, on how to keep the, the birds happy in the winter. The meeting starts at 7.30. It's in the McConaughey Senior Center, which is at 10100 Young Street in Richmond Hill. And what else we got here? We've got the Burlington Hort Society meeting on February the 13th, 7.30 p.m. at the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. They are showing the movie The Gardener. Uh, And I showed that movie to my students yesterday at Durham College. Ah, It's a story of John Cabot and this Mm -hmm. very large garden, 20-acre garden that he developed over a number of years right on the St. Lawrence uh, in, in Quebec. And it's very interesting. It's not exactly a high drama movie, but it's got some great design mm-hmm. and beautiful, beautiful gardens. Um, uh, also February 13th, the Riverdale Hort meets at the Frankland Community Centre on Logan, just south of the Danforth, 7 o'clock, with Anna Leggett doing a presentation entitled Growing Shakespeare. Remember I told you this? This is putting together oh, yeah. Yeah. Shakespeare's mentions of plants in his various um, publications, and uh, t- 
talking about that we can grow many of these plants, shrubs, herbs, medicinal plants, and uh, she's going to explain them how to grow them in the Toronto area. Frank is leaving us again. <laughs> Going on holidays. I'm getting the devil here. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Florida. So what's the temperature there right well, now? Well, it's about 25 degrees. My. Mm-hmm. A little warmer than here. Just a tad. It's minus 10 here this morning. Oh, I know. Oh, boy. Oh, Lordy. I've had it. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah, well, yeah, Wimp. particularly the snow. And you're living so rural. Like, Terry, you yeah. live not actually that far from each other, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're both in Stouffville, but Stouffville's a big area. Sure yeah. is. We so, live in the northern end, northern end of Stouffville. Almost a new market, really. And you're yeah, more... The, we're, we're more west. We're right at the 404 almost. Oh, right. And you open your greenhouse to shoppers on occasion, do you? Yes. Uh, we're actually open. Our greenhouse is open by appointment mm-hmm. and we'd love to have you come up and, and see. You got a website we by any chance, Terry? Yes, we do. We, it's uh, orchidsinourtropics.com orchidsinourtropics.com Okay. And you have, do you have 30,000 orchids in your greenhouse? Uh, not 30, probably only about Twelve. Oh, is that really? <laughs> oh it's my a gosh. very crowded greenhouse, and we grow some that are really, really tiny. They're just like this Minutes. big, yeah, and those. and uh, some that are are pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they get too big, they get shoved out, and then a whole bunch more move in. <laughs> Chop them up into little pieces, you know, or sell them. About, yeah. You know, yeah. the excitement of having Terry here, I've forgotten oh, to point. get the phone Your numbers. Your job. Yeah, my, my one and only job. <laughs> uh, basically, in Toronto, if you want to call Charlie and Terry, by all means, here's the number. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And please keep in mind our little mantra, call early call often one question per call and if you happen to be a first-time caller let sebastian know when you uh, get talking to him on the phone there and that's what you're going to hear before you get to the airways just reserved for first-time callers garden yeah. wings <laughs> exactly no, okay very nice. and i think we better take a break here and then come back and uh, know we've got good hey my gosh international again jim <laughs> from philadelphia on the line with us once again we'll be back to talk to him shortly Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie and Terry, let's welcome Jim in on the conversation here from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Good morning, Jim. Morning, Jim. Hey, good morning, Charlie, Terry, Frank. How are you? Good morning. (laughs) It's a room full here. It's a party. It really is. Terry, can you talk Charlie into coming down to Longwood Gardens? Have you been there? Oh, yes. It's a wonderful place. I would love to come. Have you not been there? Never. Oh, yeah. In the spring when the... the, uh, wisteria are blooming, oh, and the, really? and the princess trees are all all in bloom. Maybe with describe that flowers. location because I, I missed it. Uh, so in, I'm Longwood, sure Longwood, Longwood okay. And Jim lives quite close. Well, it's maybe just you can outside. describe it, Jim, for us. Uh, yeah, it's thirty minutes, forty five minutes outside of Philadelphia, about fifteen minutes from my house. Just beautiful. And I forget how many hundreds of acres of. Uh, with ponds and different tree areas, natural areas. Uh, Is it a national park? All over. Go ahead. Is it a national park? No, no. It's a uh, private um, garden. Okay. You can buy a membership to. Uh, right now, they're running um, a orchid extravaganza, they're mm-hmm. calling it. I see that. Wow. Now until March 24th. There you go. So, you know, I spent, um, I lived right. in Philadelphia as a child. So I have friends still in Philadelphia. I um, lived there for three years. 
right in oh, Chestnut region. Hill. Yeah, exactly. Chestnut Hill. <laughs> there you go. How about that? That's my old stomping grounds. Small world, eh? Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So let's get to gardening. Your gardening. Yeah. Um, Terry, at the end, if you could address orchids in Zone 5, there are any grow, grow, Zone 6, do any grow outside? But my question is, Charlie, peppers and eggplants. Mm-hmm. I'm starting them earlier this year. I want bigger plants when I go out. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm not setting myself up for something I'm not seeing. Usually I start them in March. Mm-hmm. thinking about starting them this weekend. Mm-hmm. When they get larger, I do have a 250-watt metal halide they can go under. Um, I don't put them out to the end of May. Right. We'll be up popping more. So they'll just be bigger, stronger plants, ready to, they're probably going to be flowering by the time I put them out. I don't see where that would be any problem, but if they're flowering and I don't let them uh, pollinate them, will that slow them down later? Just wondering, am I setting myself up for something I'm not seeing by starting them a month earlier? I was going to say the only real issue would be the light levels. And if you've got that metal halide light, then that could look after the the light requirements that these plants are going to need in order to stay compact. In insufficient light, we start our seedlings too early, and before you know it, they are tall, skinny, little falling over, weak plants. So your job will be to get the light on as soon as those seeds have germinated. Make sure they're under supplemental lighting. Of course, that's a hot light to run, so make sure you've got the distance. Um, so you've got sufficient light on the plants, but you're not burning them and overheating them and be prepared to pot them up as they get bigger and bigger into bigger and bigger pots make sure that you've got good air, get a little fan running on them just uh, and brush them with even when they're little seedlings run your hands gently over the little plants that toughens them up as well mm-hmm. keep the and and just having an, a, an air flow over the plants will also keep them it makes the stem just denser and stouter if you've got that wind blowing. Plus, it keeps them disease-free. You don't you, that you, dead air is the last thing you want. You get mildew so quickly in a in a greenhouse type situation without air movement. Um, and then you're right. If they do start to flower, you are going to have to be the little pollinator. You're going to have to get out your little Q-tip or your little paintbrush, and you're going to have to go around and be the little bug and start moving pollen around to the flowers. I, it won't. It's not like it. It's going to slow them down in the future, but but why not take advantage of the fact that if they do start to flower, get them pollinated, get those little fruit started before you get outside. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Early peppers. <laughs> Never yeah, know. I guess so. <laughs> now, what was it, uh, uh, Jim, right off the top, you wanted uh, Terry to consider a question? Uh, orchids just... outside. Okay. Yeah, into... Are there any that are native to the, the zone, like a zone six area that grow outside? They overwinter. I thought they were, I'm pretty sure most of them are tropical and couldn't handle it, but are there any that are native? Well, actually, we're lower. <laughs> we're, we're more like uh, uh, 5, 5B, and I grow them outside, uh, and they do quite well. Actually, the, um, the yellow lady slippers, uh, the cypripediums do very well. There's actually a lot of uh, hybridizing being done in Germany on, uh, on, in this group, but there are, all, are also things like dactyloriza. Uh, some of the calanthes. There's a, l- a lot of things that will grow, and there are uh, nurseries that have um, have some of these. There are, in, I know in Canada, there's 90 different species that that are found in Canada, but some of them are so tiny you really wouldn't yeah, bother with them. them. And they're they're very. And yeah. the thing is with the, the ground orchids, the ones that are are temperate, the ones that grow in the ground, they're a little more difficult 
because the the soil has to have the right mycorrhiza and the conditions. So you have to do a little bit of reading and find out about them. But I'm sure there are people in 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 the Philadelphia area that are growing. Uh, Orchids outside, right? So you look for like a, a maybe a native plant nursery, a, na- a native plant nurseries. Uh, I d- I know a couple in tr- in Canada, but I don't know any in the states. But out on the west coast, there's mm. lots of them, mm-hmm. and th- most of these things. I mean, there's orchids that grow high up in the Himalayas, mm-hmm. and there it's a, it's like this past week was yeah, here yeah, uh, all cold. winter wow. cold. Yeah. But the the difference is that the the plants that grow in the Himalayas they're so cold, but they stay frozen. Our problem is that we have to grow the ones that are native here because they're used to having these warm-ups like we're yeah. having today. And tomorrow. And, and tomorrow. Yeah, rain on Monday. And, and, then, and then they freeze again. Well, when this happens to the ones that come from the Himalayas, um, this doesn't work very well mm-hmm. because as soon as it warms up, because they have such short they, summers, they start to grow. They think it's summer. Whereas ours sort of sit around and say, huh, is it going to be today? Yeah. Uh, maybe not. I'll wait for the next thaw. Yeah. <laughs> they're a little smarter. <laughs> yeah, they're a little smarter. They've <laughs> learned about these things. But certainly there's, and they're very showy, and the, it, some of them are really quite fragrant. So it's they're no, w- worth, worth uh, finding, tracking them down. There used to be somebody in your area that actually grew a lot of uh, the bletias and um, this, uh, not as many of the sips, but the dactylorhizas. But I'm not sure what happened to that, that person. I'd, I haven't heard from him in a long time. Mm. Okay. We have to take a little bit of a break. But Jim, thank you so yeah. much for kicking us off once again with the first call in there. Uh, we ought to come up with a prize for first callers, <laughs> <laughs> particularly if it's on an international scale such as Jim's call. Uh, thank you so much, pal. And uh, we do have to take a little break here. If you have any questions about orchids in particular, this would be a perfect day to call in. Terry is an expert with this sort of thing. And uh, phone numbers again in Toronto, four. 416-360-0740, anywhere in the province, 1-866-740-4740, and we will be back in just a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie and Terry, we've got a call in from Unionville, and Don is on the line right now. Hi, good morning, Don. Morning, Don. Thank you. Yeah, hi. I'd like to know about clematis. Mm-hmm. I have a clematis vine beside the garage at my house. Yeah. And it uh, looks like really dead. I don't know whether <laughs> I'm supposed to cut it right back to the ground or whether I'm just supposed to leave it the way it is, and then it comes back again in the spring and grows and gets bigger. Do, have you ever seen it flower? What, what, oh, yeah. What do the flower, flower definitely flowered, yeah. What do the flowers look like? Um, kind of star-shaped, dark purple-blue color? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the reason I ask is because there are several different species of clematis that bloom at different times. Right. Therefore, we prune them at different times. Yeah. But the most common clematis, or clematis as it's properly pronounced, is um, it's called Jack Manny, which is likely the one you have. Very vigorous, beautiful, easy to grow plant. So what you're going to do is once it's spring, like really spring, the birds are, are singing and the sun is shining and the snow has melted, and you're going to keep an eye on your clematis. And at some point, 
point, it's going to start to grow some little tiny buds. Okay. And they're going to be small and furry, and they're, they're opposite each other, so they grow in pairs mm-hmm. on those brown, straggly stems you're looking at. Yeah. It, once those little buds are about the size of a mouse ear, so we're talking it might be April, depends on when spring comes, um, you're just going to get out your pruners. Once you see those little buds starting to form, and you're going to cut the whole mess down to about eh, eight inches, nine inches tall, anywhere six, seven, eight inches tall. Oh. Chop right through, compost what you take off the top, and allow everything to start growing from the bottom, and it will be much thicker and bushier, and it will be covered in flowers from the ground right to the tips. So six to eight inches from the ground. Yep. Yeah, once the buds are starting to show, the little furry buds, and the ones that are clinging to the to the to the uh, trellis, just I can just take them yank right it off. all down. Yep, take them all down. Take it all. Yeah, and it 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 won't kill the plant to not prune it, but number one, it'll look better if you cut mm-hmm. it down, and number two, you'll have more new growth, and all the flowers are on the new growth. Okay. So you want the new growth, and that's what cutting it down does. It it promotes new growth. So why can't I just go out and do it now? What's well, the difference? Because it's a very, very brittle stem, and oh. if you go out now in the cold and yeah. you do this cutting down I'm talking about, you're more likely to damage that lower portion that you're leaving intact, that eight inches of growth at ground level. Okay. Um, and if you do that, you could end up killing the plant because uh, clematis are very, very susceptible to diseases that are soil-borne diseases. Oh. So if you've got cracks and, um, and damage to the stems down at ground level, you can end up with some fairly um, killer diseases like clematis wilt, etc., which will ultimately, you'll lose the plant. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I'll follow your advice. Okay, Don, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much, Frank and Charlie. You're very welcome. You're welcome, Don. Nice have to have you on the show. Thank you. You bet. Thanks. I love it. Uh, as Don waves bye-bye there, uh, that leaves a line open, as a matter of fact. So uh, give a call in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And look, I get to take a break. Yeah. Because Jack's calling in, and he's gonna he's got a question for Terry. Well, there you go. <laughs> You've earned a break. You've earned a break, honey. Okay, uh, Jack in Welland. Good morning, and welcome to the show. Well, good morning. Morning, good morning, Jack. Um, I'm calling about orchid. Uh huh. And I I was given an orchid just uh, about a month ago, and the first thing I did to water it is uh, soak it right down to the bottom, like I was told to do on your on your show. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Right, right in the water. And then what I did uh, two or three days after that, I lost um, flowers. The flowers are dropping. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, now, is it, get, is it possible that it's gotten a draft of some sort? Draft? Cold draft, cold, hot cold draft. draft. Have you got it near a window, a cold window? Uh, well, I had it not right into a window, but facing a window, yes. Is there any hot air blowing on it from the furnace? Yes, there was. From a vent? Yeah, so any drafts, hot or cold, are not great for orchids. I use vent deflectors, the little plastic magnetic things. They sit on top of the vents at my windows, so the the air blows. Directs the air away from the window. Yeah, across the floor rather than up at the windows, Mm -hmm. and then the plants can sit in the window and not be in that hot air. Mm -hmm. So now, will this, all the flowers drop except one. I still got the one flower up, but... um, now, will that come back? Now, do, uh, yes, it should. And the, the end of it should still be green, or there should be like a little nub at the end of the stem? 
Oh yes. Well, those 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 are more buds in there. So now, if you make sure that it doesn't get that draft, and probably it's a combination of the real cold coming off the window and the and the draft that that affected your flowers. Okay. But uh, but those buds will continue to develop. So you're going to get more flowers, and you'll be fine. It, it can flower well mm-hmm. into the into the summer. Because the um, the rain. Well, yeah, it would be a vein. It runs, what it does from the, the, the pot and goes all the way around and it's on the wire and comes down the other side. It's like an arch. Oh, oh, it's one of those yeah, yeah, that have that, been wired like yeah, into a big arch. Oh, that, so that had a lot of flowers on it. Mm-hmm. It did. It had a lot of flowers. Jack, when you did that immersion of the pot for watering purposes, did the, did the flowers get wet or just the leaves? Oh, just the leaves. Okay, good. Say. So how long did you leave it in the, in the, when you submerged the pot? Not until the, bu- the, the bubbles mm-hmm. popped. And okay, then, so just a couple of minutes. Yeah, and you let it well, drain. Well, that's perfect. Yeah, that, that's and I perfect. Let it, I made sure it, it was drained out. Yeah. Yeah, good. And the water wasn't like super cold or anything. It was room temperature. Well, it was room temperature. Oh, okay. So you Dang. did. Sounds like you did everything right. It might just be a shock value of you, like you said, somebody gave it to you. Maybe maybe, maybe it, was it got a t- uh, chilled. People are yeah. so silly. They walk out into the cold, and the flowers are just <laughs> waving around. And you go, oh. Well, you know what? That's the Costco problem. Oh, I know. Right, because Costco sells all these flowers, tropical plants, yeah, yeah. and there's obviously no bag. There and there's people, you know, in the shopping cart, yep. forty yeah, below the snow, zero. The snow's coming yeah. down, <laughs> and they're they're walking through the parking lot with an orchid exposed to all that, and that's very shocking. Yeah. It, sh- it, it likely won't kill the plant, but yes, the shock means the flowers drop. Yeah. Well, Jack, I'm glad that we had Tyrion to come to the rescue there, <laughs> <laughs> and good luck uh, getting more flowers in that I little baby. I was glad to hear that it was it's coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll get more flowers, yeah. and they'll, the the stem will keep elongating, and you'll get more plants because the, those pl- uh, plants are usually good and strong, and they'll give you lots of flowers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't don't give up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for calling, good, good Jack. Good stuff. Thanks, Thank you. thanks a lot, Jack. Uh, here we are on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio AM seven forty, and of course in downtown Toronto ninety six point seven FM, crystal clear. Well, uh, are we going? Yes, we'll go to uh, Markham now. Elaine on the line. Good morning, Elaine. Oh hi. Good, Good morning. morning. Doing in the snow and the cold, eh? <laughs> Way better today. Um, my, or well, I have several orchids. I love them, <clears throat> but the one I have, you know, it has the um, the stake in it. It had the branch came up and had the flowers and everything. Now that that stem is completely brown now. Right. Okay. Well, yep. that the plant is telling you it's finished with that stem, and you can cut it down. Plants are really smart, so <laughs> when they're they want to get rid of their stem, they turn it brown, and that's your clue. Yeah. Okay. Snip but then, it. how does another stem? Where does it come from? It comes from under the leaf. If you look, you can see that right in the center. At if you look at the leaves um, under from underneath, yeah. you, they come to a little point. Uh, Right at the st- right in the center. Okay. Well, uh, right from this, right from that point, you'll get a stem coming up. Mm-hmm. You'll see a little uh, protuberance. It'll start. To yeah, grow. it'll grow. And if it comes out either side, then it's a root, which is good too, because no roots and there's there's no flowers. But yeah. but the stem will actually come right in the middle of from, uh, from the leaf, and it could be from the bottom leaf or it could be from up a little ways. Mm-hmm. Oh. But they'll come, and uh, now's the time because it gets cooler at night. The orchids like to be, you know, cooled at night a little bit, and then that 
it sort of encourages them to grow uh, to flower. Oh, I, I didn't know that. So how cool when you say cool? Um, you can take it down five to ten degrees centigrade. Uh, wow. No, no, no. no I mean, from from oh, where you yeah. were, so daytime say, temperatures. Say if you're if you're you're at seven. Um, at 70 or like at 21. Uh, 20, 21, 22, yeah. you can take it down to about oh. 15, 16, uh, at or least 18. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Okay. That yeah. makes sense. That's uh, what we do. Our house cools off at night. Yeah. yeah. But most, yeah. And, and you know, if it's near a window, especially because mm-hmm. it gets colder at night, they do buzz. And the other thing you can do is just uh, give it a little bit of Epsom salts because that oh, encourages yeah. blooming. Epsom salts. Yeah, oh, yeah, they do good for all <laughs> kinds of things. So mix up Epsom salts in water? And yeah. Water uh, yeah. Um, like a, a tablespoon in a couple of liters of water oh. and use that for fertilizer instead of your regular fertilizer. And do you regularly fertilize your orchids all year round, Terry? Uh, we do not, it, probably not, my, uh, sort of less in December, January. We're back to fertilizing oh, now. Yeah, okay. Because uh, in, it's just that the days are really short and ours are, if you're growing under lights, you can, mm-hmm. fer, uh, you can actually fertilize all year round because they don't know when the days are short because you the la- days mm. are always the same length. Trick them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to bloom for the show. That's right. Can I ask you something else? The, the stems, like the green stalk after the flowers have gone, right? Yes. Okay. I've got one that's got the two big stems up, mm-hmm. but they're not doing anything. Okay. And will the flowers still come off this green stem that looks like it's doing nothing? It it can. Um, how long ago were the flowers on them? Oh, six months. Oh, okay. They should be. What about the the tip? Is that is the tip uh, still green? It's still green. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they're just taking a rest, and and uh, if you fertilize them and and keep growing them, they will produce more flowers, and they can even produce side branches on that mm-hmm. stem. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, so okay. as long as they're green, just leave them there, and uh, they'll they'll reward you for, for doing that. Yeah, that's okay, good okay, thanks so much. Thank you're you, Elaine. Okay, okay. Terry's the best. Well, isn't this neat? Oh, uh, I'm so glad you're here to witness this, uh, uh, because <laughs> this is an exciting moment. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> that's for Libby in Oakville, first-time caller. Hey, good morning, Libby. Oh, yes. Hi, Charlie. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much. Um uh, my parents are master garden, gardeners in Toronto. They've been married 63 years. Well, and uh, wow. in uh, Weston, we have a, um, it's called Riverly. It's a nursery. We can overwinter mm-hmm. our plants. So we've been doing it for years. And um, I drive out and, uh, you know, water and, and look after the plants. But my nice. mandevilla that was lush, 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 three years, beautiful, beautiful blooms, Um uh, I kept it in the home until October and took it in, uh, I guess, mid to late October. And it's just, uh, there's not a blessed bloom on it. Mm-hmm. And I just wondered if that would come back. Is there any leaves on it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's definitely leaves. But oh. Some of them are crunchy. Yeah. No, that's fine. You know what it is? We had the, one of the grayest Decembers and Januarys on record. So yeah. with all that, uh, even though you're in a greenhouse and you're potentially in optimal conditions, with the very low light levels, any tropical plant just said, enough already. I'm taking a break. Taking a break. So, so what I would do is, you know, be careful with the watering, though now that the days are getting longer and we have had some beautiful, clear, sunny days, plants are going to respond to all that day length and brightness. So uh, at any point, 
today, tomorrow, next time you're out there visiting and watering, take some pruners with you. Cut that mandevilla back. Oh, I, cut it right back. Yeah, okay. I would take as much as even a third, a half off. Okay. By doing that, you're going to encourage new growth and take off anything that's brown or brittle or dead or crunchy. Okay. Clean the whole thing up. Clean um, it up. Yeah, do the watering you're going to do. Uh, you could consider starting to fertilize now or you could wait a few more weeks before okay. you begin a regular fertilizing schedule with that plant. Beautiful. Okay, um, that's great. And just one other quick question, crotons, um, two of those died, and I've had those for three years. Same situation, I, I took them in in October, and the leaves literally came right off, and there's not a blessed leaf they, on, on the stem. Okay, they might have been exposed to some adverse conditions in the travel. Yes, or they were. They, they were. Are, well, and they're also very susceptible to spider mite. So okay. they're, you know, always with crotons, because crotons are beautiful when they're happy, but boy, when they go down, they go down fast. So, okay. So just be careful inspect the plants very closely i'm not sure if a bunch of people are overwintering different plants bringing them all together oh, hundreds hundreds of different varieties of plants yeah so you've always got the potential for somebody bringing something in with them when okay. they when they bring plants in so it is possible you know spider mites you don't see them they're too small but you do yep. see evidence when you see their webs okay so just oh, keep do a real good inspection on all the plants. Soap and water. Uh, give them a shower with soap and water, not detergent, no. but, but soap just on principle uh, if you're soap. seeing any, any kind of uh, things going on that don't make sense. Okay, that's okay. very helpful. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks, Libby. Take and care. Bye-bye. Don't, don't be a stranger. That's right. Okay. <laughs> like we say, <laughs> nice coffee's day, always on. That's right. Uh, quick reminder on the phone numbers, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And, Terry, you're going to be amazed. We have another first-time caller on the line. We'll get to in just a couple of moments here. and uh, Get my bell ring. <laughs> yeah, let's do some okay. Come push-ups. back and say hi to Sonia here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Franklin D. reaching for the bell, and here we go. Yep, that's for Sonia in Beamsville. Good morning, Sonia. Good morning. Welcome Good morning. to the show. Hi, Charlie. I have a problem with my uh, Meyer lemon tree. Mm-hmm. I've had it for about five years, and um, I've, I've got it in the same uh, light, like the same window spot every year. I take it out in the spring and, and leave it out all summer, and then I bring it in in the fall. Mm-hmm. Usually I have a, a leaf drop in the fall. This year I didn't. I brought it in, mm-hmm. um, and it was flourishing. I, I do have two lemons growing on it. Good. And three. just in the last, like, three days, the leaves are just, like, falling like crazy. It is against a um, sliding door. Mm-hmm. So whether, and I just heard you talking with someone about the um, orchids and, mm-hmm. and a draft. And could that be with the lemon tree also? You know, I... I... I'm not personally growing a Meyer lemon at this point, but Terry is. So let's see what Terry has to say. She's not just an orchid file, she's also a citrusophile. Oh, <laughs> 
uh, uh, somebody called me a um, uh, chlorophyll. Anything green. <laughs> uh, I like all plants. Uh, I, I blame my husband for this concentration on, on orchids because uh. that's what he does. But uh, yes, I have a Meyer lemon too, and mine's, I've only grown mine for a year, but it's done really well. And mine didn't lose its leaves this year either. But you know, it's been so cold, mm-hmm. and if it was near that window, it probably got a bit of a chill. Okay. And they will drop their leaves, but you know, when it, as soon as it warms up, new leaves come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so, so it should be fine. Again, do, a, do an inspection on it. Make sure that there's no pest causing any problems, because again, lemons as well, and winter is when these spider mites emerge, when our homes are dry mm-hmm. with all that hot, hot heat from the furnace. Um, the spider mites thrive in uh, warm, dry conditions. So take a really close inspection on the plant. Do the good garden hygiene. Clean up the leaves when they're dropping. Even give the tree a bit of a shake to so that the, the leaves drop. Right. Clean them out every every day. Um, be careful about watering right now. As, as, if leaves are falling, of course, the plant isn't going to be using a ton of water. Uh, but as Terry says, expect that where the leaves have dropped, new buds are going to form and new leaves are going to grow. Okay. So you could also, when, I, when I bring it in in the fall, I do do a, like a um, the soap, the insecticidal good. Soap spray. I spray the whole mm-hmm. tree and all the earth that I can see in the in the mm-hmm. pot. Okay. But would that be a good thing to do again now? Not necessarily on principle, mm-hmm. particularly if the plant is stressed for some reason. Because you've got to remember, any insecticide is stressful. It, it's effective. It kills insects. It right. is stressful on the plant. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't... I wouldn't soap and water on principle when a plant is appearing to be stressed for whatever reason. Uh, but if you see any evidence of insects, then yes, get it out of the sun, do a proper spray, and then a rinse. Once it's dry, get it back into its sunny location. Okay. You could also mist it because when it is so dry, the, that really seems to help, uh, I find, especially yeah. the things like... Uh, Citrus. Yeah, that's a really uh, good point. Get a little just a little mister and, yeah. and just mist the leaves, and and that will keep more humidity around them, and they're more likely to stay. And do it a couple times a day if you can. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's not a, at night. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But that is a good point. Uh, it would really respond well to that raising of the humidity. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Good. Oh, thank you so much, Charlie. Thanks, and, Sonia. And the other lady, I really appreciate <laughs> your input. Thank it's you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Our pleasure. Okay. Uh, let's take a little bit of a break here okay. because we have another caller coming in who's a first-time caller at that. Oh, you are Pickering. getting your exercise today. <laughs> I'm bulging muscles here. You're going to have right. to switch <laughs> arms. You're looking a bit <laughs> a on one-sided. Idea. Ambidextrous. <laughs> okay. We're going to do that uh, right after these words on Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, Charlie and Terry, here we go. Oh, that's for Colin in Pickering, first-time caller. Hi, Colin. How are you doing today? Excellent. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you so much. You guys do an awesome job. Thank you. (laughs) What's going on? All right. I have a hibiscus plant, Mm -hmm. and um, it has done extremely well this summer. Lots of beautiful flowers. Mm -hmm. And so we kept it in the house. Mm -hmm. But recently we noticed that um, the leaves started getting some white spots on it. And then when we touched the tree, we actually saw some white insects, uh, tiny insects flying around. Oh, the famous white fly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's white. They're pure white, and they do fly. Yep. Okay. So, um, how big is this plant? I guess I'd like it's about um, oh, about 
two feet and it's potted, yeah? Yeah, okay. But, well, okay, there's a few things you can do. Um, hmm, just trying to decide. What I've done when this has happened to me at this point, because once you've got one white fly, you've got hundreds of white fly. You also yes, have many. eggs yeah. under the leaves, t- particularly on the new growth. So the, the top of the plant where the newest growth is, is where you're going to have all kinds of little white fly eggs that are yeah. glued onto the underside of the leaves. And they're, it's hard to kill white fly because when you get out an insecticide to spray, they fly away. And the way the insecticides work is you have to coat the body of the insect, and it's very hard to chase every white fly and get, you know, mm-hmm. perfect 360-degree spraying on something that's flying around. So right. that makes it tough. The other thing is uh, any insecticidal sprays will not kill the eggs. So there's going to be this ongoing birthing of new white flies, even if you are able to annihilate the, the adult flies. Yeah. So what I've done is I've get out my pruners. Um, you could even do this in a place like your put the plant in the bathtub, uh, no water obviously in the bathtub, get your pruners out, get a nice big green garbage bag and prune that plant right down to like half its current size. And everything you're cutting off is going into the green garbage bag and you're trying to like take white flies with that green foliage into the green garbage bag. You're trying to eliminate a bunch of insects that way. Now you've got a smaller plant and you're going to get out your insecticidal soap or your pyrethrin, one or the other. You're going to spray this plant, particularly underside of the leaves, top of the leaves till it's dripping. Let it sit. Mm-hmm. Give it a rinse. Um, you know, be, you know, look for any, you know, still living insects on it before you go back into your sunny window. Ten days later, back into the bathtub. No more cutting or pruning, but again, spraying. And keep that spraying thing up every seven to ten days as long as you're seeing any of those white flies. Wow. And what, what insecticide do you recommend I use? Um, depends where you're shopping. There's really, like I say, only two insecticides, insecticides available to the homeowner. One is pyrethrin-based, the other is soap-based. So safer soap works fine, but again, it's all about the contact. You're going to contact that insect. The pyrethrin-based would be Bug Be Gone, I think would be a trade name on uh, one of the, the um, pyrethrin-based ones. Same thing, got to coat the insect for it to work. Sticky. There's another thing out there called Sticky Sticks, made by Safers. So Sticky and then S-T-I-X. Little yellow sticky cards works like flypaper, so that you follow the instructions, get those little yellow sticky cards out, and the white fly are somewhat attracted to the yellow and will stick and not be able to fly off the paper. Wow. So you'll kill some mm. of the adults that way, but again, that's not doing anything for the eggs. You've got to maintain that spraying program so that as the eggs hatch, you continue to annihilate the insects. I know it's a it's a pain in the pain in the rear end. Terry, did you have anything to add to that? No, that's that's the way you, yeah. you have to deal with it. And they and they seem to come from nowhere. That's right. You know, everything is fine, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you Boom. see these things. Where'd they come there. from? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. same with spider mites right? or av- yeah. aphids. Yeah. And once you know, they seem to just come out of the cracks. I don't know. Well, you know why? It's because they are dormant until. It's optimal for them oh, to hatch right. and yeah. get yeah. going. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and winter, it comes when yeah. when the sun starts coming out. Things get mm-hmm. a little bit warmer, and and you feel new. things are are starting to grow. That's when they come. And out. it's that new growth. It's succulent and it's sweet yum. and tasty, and yum, that's yum, yum. what the white flies will will <laughs> get. Really, really, that's where you'll find them is on the new growth. Hey, Colin, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thanks All right. for calling. Have a good have a good uh, weekend. Alrighty, you take care. Now. Take care of the folks in Pickering for us there. Uh, we have Hildegard on the line from Toronto. Good morning, Hildegard. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. 
I'm I'm happy to get on. So I have some orchid questions, and I learned already a couple of things. One was I just mixed up four liters of uh, Epsom salt. Epsom salt. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to use it today. I love it. Good, good, good. So the other thing that's been puzzling me, and it's kind of fun, but um, I cut back the flowering stems. And I'm never quite sure if it's above or below the last note. I think it's above. So that's what I do. But I'm getting sprouts on nice. the main stem. Excellent. One has a little plant on it, like it's got oh, yeah. four leaves with yeah. roots mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and a flowering stem. There you go. Yes, those lo- they're wow. called kikis. They're, they're called kikis, which is Hawaiian for baby. Oh, that's actually keiki. Oh. Keiki, yeah. The little one, the big yes. little plant. <laughs> the little plant. And it's actually just a reproduction. It's almost like a clone of the, well, it is a clone of the mother plant. Mm. Uh, the thing is with, with these, when plants start doing that, um, you should really check the roots. Because sometimes if they, they haven't been repotted in a long time, the roots start dying off. The plant decides to save itself by putting out a, a baby. baby. Oh. So it's important. How long has it been since that plant has been um, repotted? Oh, God, I don't know. It's not that an older plant. Like, I have really old plants. That I, uh, That's another question. How can I cut that long tooth thing off that is, like, just sticking out of the ground? Like, it's flowered about eight, ten times, and it's and got a great big, thick... For lack of a better word. It's one a gr- usually... But it's but the thing is that it, uh, the flower is getting smaller as they are, are they still large on the first plant with the keiki? No, that's it's very healthy looking. Okay, so um, so that so that's fine. You can actually once the the the, the roots are uh, three or four inches, you can just cut them off and uh, cut the the plant off uh, at the stem from the stem or, mm-hmm. or the baby cut plant, the stem. Yeah. The, uh, and pot it up, and you'll have a brand new plant. A brand new one. Yeah. Stop propagating all my house plants. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be the orchidophile before you know it. You'll oh, see. I am already. Baby. That's, that's well, great. then I hope you'll be at the show on the weekend. I was going to say. I'm planning on it. Yeah. Will uh, you be there? Yes, I'll be there. Uh, our uh, com- we'll have a big display. Orchids in our tropics is is our outfit. Um, I'm also in charge of a whole bunch of other things, but the uh, but we do have a booth there and. We also have a very big display. Because yeah, it's two stories. So on the main floor of the TBG is the displays. Well, mm-hmm. the, the, big, the floral hall, the big room, yeah. is where the displays are. Right. Then upstairs in the studios right. are, are, um, vendors. are, are vendors. Right. There's uh, vendors in the garden room at right. the other end of right. the, the, the building. And there's also going to be talks and, and lectures about growing your mm-hmm. orchids oh. upstairs in the Moya. Mo- and there's every bit of paraphernalia you'd ever need as an orchid grower. So there's pots, there's media. There's tons of plants for sale, tons of you expertise. So right. Yeah, I have been there, and I'm planning to go. Now you've just really sold me. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, then I'm doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm also supposed to be doing publicity, which is why I'm here. Yeah, because you're, you're on the executive of the Southern Ontario Orchid yes, Society. Yes, and on oh, the neat. show committee, okay, and uh, I'm an orchid judge, so I, yeah, I, that's I'm right. obsessed. <laughs> that's right. When we've gone to the show and tried to hook up with you, you're judging, or you're yeah, doing yeah, some yeah. important uh, official role. 
hole. And it's like, no, Terry's too busy. She can't talk to you. Hildegard, I'm sorry. We have to leave. Uh, we're Thanks running right call. out of time here. But oh, maybe I'll bring my orchid for Terry to see on the weekend. Absolutely. Yes, I do that. And uh, just ask for me. Uh, somebody will know where I am. Yeah, if not, of course, yeah. um, my husband Thank will you. be at the booth. And he he's just as knowledgeable as I am. Yeah, or even a photo of the orchid is yeah. a good idea yeah. if it's too cold. Thanks for calling. It's not going to be too cold. Shh, okay. <laughs> You've Don't been a that. super guest, Terry. Yeah. Thank you very much. And super calls. All very good. Very good. And we're almost out of time. So thank you very much, Terry. Next week, I'll be joined here in the studio by Paul DeGroote. Oh, because yes. Frank's going to be lolling around drinking oh. martinis in Florida. <laughs> and maybe Paul and I will come up to the Orchid Show to, to oh, see you t- and, yeah, yeah. and what's going on. I'll leave so. your name at the door. Yep, and they'll be expecting you. And I hope you get to see Because, you know, it's a great uh, show. It sure and, is. you know, the City of Toronto now participates in it. That's and, brilliant. And, and it's they do a magnificent, huge display. They really go to town. So that's worth seeing. Excellent. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Sebastian. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.